Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by... Union Bank Global Linker, a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business and go global. Sign up now at unionbank.globallinker.com slash hustleshare to get a free ebook on surviving COVID-19 for your business. Also by Tagcash. Spend, play, earn, and build a mobile wallet super app for your startup. Go now to hustleshare.com slash tagcash to apply and get your startup's mobile wallet. And Chatbot PH. Save time and effort for your business. Automate how your team does customer service, marketing, and key redundant processes. All by using a chatbot. Invest in your own chatbot now and use AI to run your business. Go to www.chatbot.ph. And I had to do, I had to do a lot of growing up. Now, before in a startup way of running things, you get away with a lot of rookie mistakes. In a conglomerate, you have to grow up. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Bait Young. Welcome to episode 85 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Magellan and I am your more handsome host. This episode is powered by Union Bank Global Linker, a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize, 
their businesses. We are a proud affiliate of Podcast Network Asia. But before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not safer work language. So make sure that there are no fucking kids when you're listening to this. Especially now that our guest is a guy full of profanities, insanities, but also a very strong hustle. Our guest for today is no other than Mr. Ron Beitiong. I've known this guy since we were in the University of Santo Tomas. He was my upper batchmate in college. And he was known as a party boy. And mainly because his first business, so we took up entrepreneurship, no? uh, that was our major in college. His f- business and his thesis was all about getting into parties. He started Partilist.ph back then. But he will tell you more about that later. But for now, the hustler himself, I'd like to introduce and reintroduce Ron Beitiong. If you're ready to learn the hustle of Hustle Share, let's begin this episode right fucking now. Okay, guys, good day. My name is Magellan Fetalino, and I am the new and improved host of Hustle Share. Oh my God. So we are interviewing the one and only Mr. Ron Beitiong. This is so weird being on the other side of the show. Okay, so the tables have turned. The yeah. tables have turned, Ron. I am the captain. You've captain been here now. thrice. <laughs> 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 I don't so, know what's happening. What's going so, on? It's your birthday. So on those grounds, uh, it's, it just makes sense that uh, the guest of the show is the founder himself. Wow. So wow. Uh, a little this. bit about Ron no, and uh, our relationship. Uh, we go way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I first met Ron as uh, Mr. Party Boy in uh, UST. There, that's what it is. Exactly. You know, every time we need a, a free ticket to a party, <laughs> we talk to Mr. Ron. But the thing is, one thing we did not expect is from being a party boy, he was able to use that to become one of the biggest and most successful tech entrepreneurs of the Philippines today. Ah, oh, man, that's, that's bullshit. Like that? I'm just a con man. You know this. You like that? <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, uh, but uh, knowing Ron, uh, and talk now that we're uh, doing hustle share. Hustle uh, is literally Ron. Ron is equal to hustle. Uh, all his life, uh, from running his early business back in college uh, to the series of businesses he did, he is the epitome of hustle. So hustle, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm very uh, lucky that today. Uh, I get to interview Ron on his birthday. Are you ready, uh, Ronster? Do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go. Okay. So here's my first question, Ron. What's your hustle? And what is the story behind your hustle? Oh, I got goosebumps um, with that. God, I didn't prepare. So again, <laughs> uh, <laughs> mad props to my fiance, Noreen, for letting this happen. I thought I was going to a fucking meeting. I was ready to make money today. But I got more, so thank you. So um, I, I, I 
literally talk about this a lot, but my hustle really is, um, I would describe it as I like creating shit that have never been done before in terms of tech uh, and growing businesses around it. That's probably the history of you know, looking back of how my three companies and what the common denominator is. Uh, I, I'm stubborn in a way where I don't want to do red ocean shit. I always want to do blue ocean shit. And people always think I'm crazy when I do some shit. It's like, oh, fuck, well, what is that? Um, but, you know, that, that's what makes me think. I can make money. And I always say this before. Like, I can make money in other industries. I'd probably get here faster if I just sold real estate, if right. I sold um, things that were more structured, because it's easy, day in, day out, blah, blah, blah. You can make six digits, seven digits. But my hustle for the past you know, decade or so over, the pa- over how I've been doing this has been creating things that nobody's ever done before in terms of tech and making it flow. Very interesting. So uh, if creating something new is what really pushes you, uh, to hustle. Uh, is there an end goal in mind for you? Like, uh, what would uh, when would you say that Ron is successful? Okay, back then when I was starting out, it was very easy because you, you know, Simon Sinek always says this, right? You start with why, right? It's easy, right? What's your why? And back then, growing up, you know, uh, it was very simple. I've all, I just wanted to get out of the, the life that we were in for me and my mom. Um, she struggled uh, putting me back to school. I mean, back to school. I never left school, by the way. Um, I, <laughs> but putting me through school, she was a single mom. And she, I, had, I, I saw how she grinded and had to go through debt just to be able to put me in school. And I told myself during one point where, because growing up in high school, let me just backtrack a little bit. I was a total idiot. You know, I failed algebra. In college, who I did failed. that? Yeah, who did that? I don't know, but me, yeah, I failed that. In high school, though, I was a varsity player in USC, and you know, varsity players—they don't fucking study; they just fucking jock around and dick around in school. There, were, there were a lot of times where I had like four failures in one grading. One, I was a total fucking jock, and you know, I don't study. It's not like I was an idiot; I just didn't like. I wasn't interested, right? But if I really had put my mind on it, um, uh, I think I have something in my in my coconut that 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 allows me to get that done. I remember one thing that my high school teachers told me. So I was in the worst section in my fourth year mm. in high school, and they told me, you know, Vietjong, I don't know why you're here because I looked up. So I I always got in trouble. I got suspended not because of being an idiot, because I kept making fun of my teachers. I always, I was the class clown, right? right? And for some reason, I used that gift of humor always to get me in trouble. And then one, for some, also one of the, the, the teachers back then dug up my records. And then she saw, I don't even know how they did it. Like, you know what, Beethoven, Ronald, you have, <laughs> there's only a few uh, guys in your batch that had genius in their IQ. Young. And I was one of them, like, what? <laughs> really? Fuck you. <laughs> and then, yeah, but again, I was using it for the wrong things. And the pivot happened really when in college, I still acted like a jock. I couldn't play anymore. And then I lost three phones in one, not one month. And like, wow. And I saw how my mom had to struggle for it. And mm. that's when I realized that, is it still worth it to live and act like a jock when I don't have anything anymore? Basketball is 
it's not my saving grace anymore, right? So right. after that, what I did was um, I had to ask my mom for money. And she said she doesn't have any money. But what she had a bag of makeup that she sells in the office. She said, here, sell makeup. <laughs> so I sold makeup. And I was a fucking jock. I still, I'm still the asshole that I was. I had my head overproportioned, right? So that that experience humbled me. In in one week, I was able to sell eight thousand pesos worth of makeup to my classmates, and that really was my my uh, my all time low. It's like, okay, I can't be a dick anymore. I had to stop, and that's where my why also originated. I'm doing this for my mom. There you go. Going going growing up, she always our our dream was always uniform and we it's because we wanted to have our house we've never had a house we always rented out so growing up what my metric for success was is to buy my mom a fucking house which you did right eventually right but it wasn't yeah. easy right so exactly. after that um the, the biggest turning point i think the biggest thing that really put me in the right direction was in between first year college i, I, I failed algebra and that's a prerequisite for all the other math subjects so i couldn't do that right so when I realized, like, okay, I've done this makeup thing. I can't do basketball anymore. Um, what do I do next? And I think, again, I was blessed with kapal ng muka ever since. Anyway, I'd always get in trouble. But again, it's, it's doing it in a detrimental way for me. Uh, and then what I did was um, I worked in a call center. I said it was just going to be a summer job. My mom agreed, right? And it was a graveyard shift, 10 p.m. to 7 p.m. 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. And this was while uh, you were in USD. Yeah, in between first year to second year, pre-com, bro. I didn't know that. Pre-com. Mm-hmm. So I didn't sound like this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't sound like this before at all. Uh, I sounded like, uh, Mom, here is what that thing in the packing shed, in the dapitan, we'll have a Yossi there and there. Yeah, so that's how I sounded, <laughs> right, Joseph? So, but I said, right, all right, if you couple that confidence that, again, it's eternally with me anyway, and the energy that has been constant anyway, I've always been a hyper kid. What if I use it for me? And that's when I found my real gift was communication. Yeah. I, a lot of people would have stage fright, would have, they would crumble. And I, 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 I thrived in that environment. I loved in that. I love shit like that. It's just that, I, again, I was using it before in the wrong way. My first job role was uh, to be a telemarketer. Mm, and in, a, in the call center, they teach you how to literally sound American. And I took it to heart. Like, yeah, and I was watching a lot of rap videos. I was playing GTA, which is again very influential to me. So I was like black ass motherfucking all the time. Like, uh, I, I, I talk like that all the time, right? So I knew how to play it with words. And then what they teach you there day in and day out is how to fucking sell, right? Cold calling, which till now, till this very day, which I, I thought I was just doing in this fucking meeting, I thought I was gonna do cold calling, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking setup job, setup job, huh? There. No yeah. on the job care. Yeah. yeah, it's it's it's, but, it's the what? Yeah. But I mean, speaking of cold calling, that's very difficult to do. No, it's so difficult. Yeah. Absolutely. So, just to paint that picture, you'll probably have around for that eight-hour shift, you'll get a hundred call stops. The moment you hang up, another call comes in. There's no even. There's not even a ring. It just boop, hello, boop, hello, hi. My name is Ron Villa. So it's like so. You're, you're really going to keep fucking talking every time. And the majority of the time as well, you're going to get cussed at. Don't That's tell right. me. Where don't, cause these are all, to be honest, it's a scam. We were selling a business listing. I didn't know. I was a fucking I was 18 years old, right? I'm 32 now, literally, right? And um, shit. Uh, yeah, it's a, 
that's what happened. And then what, that's when I realized, too, the biggest learning that I wanted. To, again, this can be controversial. I'm not shitting on being an employee. But that's when I realized that, okay, no matter how hard I work. And I was, I was 18. They called me like a wonder boy because I was the top seller at 18. Yeah. There were guys yeah. that were doing it for a year. I fucking broke all their records in a few months' time. But I realized, like, dude, how high is the ladder? How many steps do I have to take to climb the corporate ladder? Because that's all what my mom always talked about. How work hard so you can uh, do climb the ladder, blah blah blah. Right? And um, that's when I realized, so you know what? I'm never gonna get rich doing this again. No shit. When I say rich, the goal was for me. Success was how do I buy my mom a house with whatever I was making? It's impossible to buy that house in time that I'm not gonna be too old to fucking right. buy it. So I said I need an alternative route, and that's when I found entrepreneurship. And luckily in USC, you know this, Mags. There was a course, so okay. in between uh, first year, right, second year. So being in a call center actually trickled down. When classes started, I was still in the call center. The whole first sem, I was in the call center. So I, I was mid. When we say mid in USC, in USC commerce. Lunchtime on class mo. Yes, so 11 to 4. There, exactly. My shift was 10 to 7. So I would go home, take a quick nap, get ready to go to school. Go four hours, go home, take another quick nap, go to work. Six months. Wow. That's when I really push my whole body to the edge. And, you know, I still love basketball. So I joined the Inter-Org. There were times that I was playing basketball. I had zero I know you did because I uh, applied for the basketball. (laughs) You did not accept me. That was third year. I remember that thing. That was fourth year. I'm sorry. This was second year, you know. So I was like, dude, that's when I really pushed myself to the limit. Uh... How that's gonna work that, and again, that's when I really said, "All right, I'm gonna be a leader now." So from that point on, I I never had a failed grade. Right. I started from being the class clown who was barely making it in class. In third year, once I took up entrepreneurship, I was a class president. So total 180 degree turn. Right, I started joining orgs. Then I was sent to Bohol to represent the S, uh, the entrepreneurship uh, um, society. Society. That's where I met the love of my life, who is also an entrepreneur, mm. uh, entrepreneurship student from uh, Dasma. And I fell in love, you know, it's like, oh man, this is my dream girl. So again, it, it just comes to fruition. And then after that, I remember during that time when I went to Bohol, that's when I had the idea. And again, uh, going back and you know this, Georgie was a big part of my life. Georgie Azurin. Yeah, right? that's right. When I took up entrepreneurship, I never knew about tech. I only know porn. No, no, no. That's what it is. Maria Ozawa was the shit back then. No Mia Khalifa yet. Right? So, you, <laughs> you know, yeah. everybody grew, everybody's 30s right now grew up on Maria Ozawa sheet. Okay, yeah. so. Well, I was watching another one. But anyway. Kim K. Superstar, that. probably. You're the, you're the <laughs> <laughs> So, um, after that, uh, I remember during that time when I was in Bohol, I, I, I met Maria. And it, was like, it was like a few weeks after I met Georgie. And mm. the, the, the biggest thing also that really inspired me was Jordi had a talk in USD that talks about how to make money online. My initial idea was I wanted to create my thesis was to create a English school for Koreans because I was good in English. That's the only thing I was good at. But I didn't have any capital. I only have like 20,000 pesos in capital. What the fuck can I do with that? Right? And then two weeks before the submission of the thesis, my partner who wanted to teach Mandarin, me and I, he and I disbanded. So I joined the seminar where Jordi ta- taught. 
And he now thought that, hey, you can actually create businesses online without having to know how to code and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's right there and then. And it was just, this was in USC high school, the same high school I graduated from. It's like a heaven sent. I thought right there and then of a website that gets you into the club for free. Because every time before, when I went out during my party run surveys, um, I, whenever I go out, I'm the last, I, I, I'm not the last guy. I'm the guy that can't get in because I'm either not on the guest list, right? I don't have an ID. There, there's like five to six instances. Even if I pay cover, they won't let me in. So I look like a total schmuck outside waiting for my friends at the fucking party. It's like, dude, if I feel that way, maybe other people feel that way. Imagine being stuck outside of embassy looking at like a complete pool. You know, you're all dressed up, but you're outside. You're, you can't, you're not in the, where the action is. That's right. So, uh, uh, right there and then I approached him it's like hey Sir Georgie can I can you mentor me I don't know how to do it but I'll do everything that it, that it uh, takes to, to you know um, to work it out work it out and then the first thing he told me which again still, still stuck to now with me is that Ron two things before I help you please yeah. tell me the truth okay Ron are you on drugs I'm like what no <laughs> <laughs> that goes without asking yeah I know it's like that's no, your no, no. No, I'm not on drugs. I smoke cigarettes. I don't do drugs. Okay. Like, all right. So I'm in the clear. You sure, Harold? Yes, sir. I'm not on drugs. <laughs> Second thing is that, Ron, if ever you ever make it, you told, you told me that, uh, don't ever pay me back, pay it forward. So it's like, that really stuck with me. Like, okay, noted with thanks, Sir Georgie Asurin. Solid advice. So ever since, that, that really stuck in it. All right. If I get my house, that's, that's always been a plan. Paid forward, paid forward, paid forward. I guess that in, in hindsight, that's why this podcast exists. Because when I felt that I was ready to pay it forward, this is that avenue to really pay it forward to everyone. That's right. That's right. For now, uh, that's very insightful. No? Uh, we get to know a lot about Mr. Uh, Ronster Baetiong. Uh, but we'll take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll ask him more uh, incredulous questions. What the fuck is incredulous? I have no idea. Okay. Let's talk about more after the break. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. 
calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And now we're back in my show. Hustle share. Okay, we're back. Uh, uh, I dropped my show. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay, cool. So, uh, so now, Ron, uh, let's uh, continue your story. What happened next? What happened next? I dare you to move. Uh, basically, uh, where were we? So, uh, party file, right? I mean, guest list that huge. So, guest list, when I was starting out, right, I always had a bunch of false starts. Uh, the first one, I tried to work with a mentor, and we, we merged our two sites because there was a competitor before called, called Pure Manila. And this okay. was uh, the spill out, you know, Phil Philam guy that technically took me under his wing. I was very raw, a lot of bravado, a lot of passion. But I didn't really have skills yet. I knew how to talk. I didn't know how to close. Mm-hmm. And now I understand how different those things are. Because you can talk all day, but if you don't know how to sk- the, the skills of how to control each pitch, blah, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a worthless cause, right? So um, after that, uh, I enjoyed them, took me under their wing, taught me life skills and like how, to, how to be a grown man, you know. Unfortunately, and we grew, we grew that initial version of the site. We just used a website builder called Ning.com. And back then, the, in 2011, 2010, right after graduation, the... I remember pitching this to the entrepreneurship department and they told me that I was just a fucking crazy guy that I just wanted to go gaming. It's like, hmm. no, sir. Because hmm. it was the first time ever that someone pitched as a thesis a non-traditional business, uh, you know, business, right? That's true. Um, That's right. And then I was pitching them like, hey, what the fuck, right? Uh, why, why, uh, why are you doing this and whatnot? Um, said, yeah, just give me a shot. So th- that's where the call center experience came through because I knew how to talk my way out of it. So I just bombarded them with better English. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the defense. I'm going to kill you, right? So uh, I bombarded them with better English. Eventually, they let me go. But I knew deep inside they were skeptic of what the fuck was going on. Because again, the metric was, oh, where is your business study? Blah, 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 blah. Right. Right? But I felt like that's when I realized that I don't want to do shit like this. Right? I don't want to do what's been done. Because what's, what's the point? Right? I, want to, I want to try. And at the essence of entrepreneurship, and this is what they teach in school, it's about taking risk. Exactly. And why are we not taking risk if we're doing the norm? That, right? That's right. That's right. It's like, I'm going to fake, take the biggest fucking risk. If I fail, fuck it. I'm young. I can always try again. Right? But that's right. there. So again, um, it also helped that... Uh, this Philam guy, his name is Alexis Dabon, and uh, his partner, Joel Manim Tim, took me under the wing. They were like mid-30s, and they were father figures to me. And, and I always say this that uh, in the show as a, as a theme that it's important who you work with in the first few jobs that you take. 
because that's how you pattern yourself to be. And that's mm-hmm. what I learned specifically from Alexis that you can cuss in a meeting and get away with. Mm. Like this guy fucking cussed us like a sailor. All swaggied up. He calls himself the Filipino usher. I'm like, what, nigga? He's like, what are you doing? But he gets away with it. Like, hey, if, I, if I ever get my shit right, I won't do it like that. Right? I can That's get right. away with murder. When I say murder, not literal murder. Okay? It's just like, be me, dress up in a t-shirt, sneakers, and jeans, walk into a meeting with a fucking president of someone and still hold my own. That's what I learned. A lot of hard, hard skills taught me that. Unfortunately, one thing that I was still missing was closing. Okay. So we were able to grow the website to around 20,000 uh, users. We had all the biggest clubs, but we weren't making money. And at that time too, their business was struggling. So someone had to pay the bills and we all had to disband, right? Um, mm. For a little while, and I, not a lot of people actually know this, Alexis's background, he's used to um, uh, running really big call centers, like 1,000 heads call centers. So he went right. back to the call center, and I went back in right in him. You know what I did, Max? What did you do? I, uh, I sold flowers through a call center. So I, I was working for this website, this website called Ready Flowers. Okay. So what they did was they took me, technically just sold a package of flowers. They never had a flowering. We're talking about real flowers here, right? Yep. Gerberas, my mom's okay. roses. That's why I have my flower game on point. That's why God I got damn. married. Because my flower game was solid. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I, I got the, I, I, what this website does, super smart. They have no inventory. They're just a middleman. So you have a website, it's a catalog of shitload of flowers and say, okay, and it's super expensive, of course. And their market are for people that um, sold shit on the internet. So for example, you're a seaman okay. and you have family at home, you want to send flowers. Of course, you're going to have to buy some shit, oh, right? Exactly. And they say, okay, for this, this is the exact look that you're going to get, 150 bucks. And then our job is to get that order is to look for a local florist to where they're going to deliver it for right. half the cost. Okay. So I'll, I'll call the florist. Hey, can you do this for me? This is the exact same look. I'll send the email to you. 75 bucks. 50% margin. Yeah, just for processing an order. Hmm. And I was fucking taking 100 calls per day. And there was like hundreds of us in that business. So holy shit, that business was amazing. And that's also, again, another... Realization, ah, so this is how business models work. That was missing with me. Right. So the margins were important. Okay, so maybe that's right. what I use. And then I felt like there was still something missing. And that was the time when, um, so I, I stopped guestless for a while, for a good year. Because okay. again, there, there's, I, I felt like I needed some new skills. And the skills right. that I really needed was closing. So I joined Groupon Philippines. I was like their employee number seven, number eight. Um, they weren't even acquired by Groupon yet. They were still called Beconomic. Right, right. Um, then after that, uh, I joined and that's when I really learned how to close. Start to end. You know, they're, 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 so I'll give a shout out to my bosses there. Miss Anna Science and Lori Villaferte. Really taught me. I was making six digits in that fucking job, man. Holy shit. Per month. Again, that time as a 21, 22 year old, that was huge. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I was like, whew, this is good. But after that, so okay. I did that for my longest tenure of employment was there, 11 months. Because right. again, I'm, I'm not wired for that. I was, I was literally joining that company not to be there forever. My, my okay. goal was to acquire the skills. 
That's while right. getting paid, right? So for entrepreneurs, probably that's my tip. If you are an entrepreneur, you feel like you're missing out, there's no shame in working for someone. But be deliberate. What are the skills that you want to learn under that company? And when you have done it, then you can go back into, you know, taking that risk again, right? But don't fall in love with the nine to five. Okay? Very good. Don't, don't take the red pill or the blue pill. I forgot which pill. But yeah, mm. or both pills if you want to overdose. Go ahead. Right. Um, <laughs> We're not talking about drugs, right? Uh, yeah, no, no, no more drugs. Pill, pill. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Matrix, okay, if you're old. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, after that, Mags, what I did, again, totally weird that I'm the one teaching my shit here. Uh, I, I did, when I, I did guest list again. All right. Okay. Um, Actually worked for another company that pirated me for Groupon uh, a little bit. And then that's also the time around 2012, the startup community started booming. That's right. That's right. right. The first startup weekend happened. Then I joined. Then I pitched. Nobody got me. It's like this idea. I hired a programmer to build my site from scratch. I thought that was the way to go. All my savings from Groupon, I threw it in a website and then lost everything. Because mm. I couldn't sustain. So apparently you have to pick spit. I thought before, and a lot of people fucking still do this now. When you create a website, that's it. No, you always have to edit it. You have it. There's retainers to make it improve. Exactly. I went in, like, fuck it, all right, let's do it. And then I couldn't. It was a buggy-ass site already. Uh-huh. Right? I was stuck with that type of site for a good year and a half. And, but I kept pitching. I knew how to pitch. I knew how to close now. And then exactly. I, I joined... Two pitching competitions. This was one of the first ones in Manila. Um, E27 Echelon. They, they, the first Echelon that ever happened here. Uh, so I went second place to Payroll Hero. So shout out to Payroll Hero, our first ever sponsor. And then on three pitching competition by Jojo Flores. And they said that whoever gets finalized there will get caught to Silicon get sent to Silicon Valley. So being the super impulsive idiot that I was, after winning that shit, the very next day, I resigned from work. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) You're going to Silicon Valley? Immediately. (laughs) Effective immediately. Right? All right. So what happened there is, uh, that was one of the lowest lows. Because obviously, I didn't get sent to Silicon Valley. I thought I was going to get funded. I did not. So oh. for two years, I was fucking struggling. I was taking bad deals left and right. Whatever money I can make. I didn't, I didn't want to go back to employment anymore. That's right. That's and right. they say, and again, there's a lot of bad advice at the wrong time, that if you're an entrepreneur, you should focus. You should not have any other thing. So me, I was like, fuck this. Okay, focus. I will just focus on my uh, uh, business and not have any other side hustle. For a source of income. So that was bad advice before because I took it to heart that I should rely on my business to fucking thrive. And guess what? I fucking struggled. I was 23, 24, and my mom was still paying for my shit. And, you know, she was older at that time now. She couldn't really make ends meet. Uh, she actually took a early retirement and she had to work again just to fucking put it. So mm. that really added another dagger to my heart. Like, what the fuck am I right. doing? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, um, Got to a point where she had a bad hip. She couldn't walk straight anymore because she, she was selling a lot of um, other extra stuff at work just to make ends meet. I was like, fuck, what am I doing? Right? So the pressure was immense and whatnot. And then long story short, I had a couple more false starts and there were a, several big mistakes that stood out. Number okay. one. Here we, here people, we go. People, 
people won't invest in a solopreneur startup. Uh-huh. It's rare that you're a Jeff Bezos that you get it done. And if there's a solopreneur, if a solo founder, you should have a solid team with you. I was a one-man show. Nobody wants to invest in that. Number two, you have to validate your business model. Growth alone, users alone, is not going to cut it. You have to have paying customers. It's not a customer until they start paying, right? So uh, number three, uh, you know, you have to have a solid tech. If your site cannot be updated because you don't have a proper CTO, how the fuck are you going to do that, right? So I, I made all these fucking mistakes that is possible. And every single time, I remember I pitched Kickstarter three times before they said yes to me. And the only time they actually said yes was when I got all those three combined. Right. And for me, again, I worked with ProudCloud to get that done through a dev shop uh, setup. So just to, so because that's always what I needed. I knew how to make the money already. I found out how to get that done. Um, yeah, I was a one-man team, but I had now a tech partner. Correct. Get that done. So after Correct. that, uh, you know, um, this is when I got invested, I made another big assumption that was wrong. Okay. I thought when you get invested, that's it. Yeah. Ayan. You already made it. Ayan, 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 So, obviously, it's not because six months after and I and I did this, so I have a website. I made it rain on marketing uh-huh. because they say, oh, yeah, you have to grow, you have to grow, you have to grow." Right? Yeah, and then I was reluctant to hire, and I didn't really find the proper business model that I can scale. Seven to eight months after, I ran out of money again. And for a good, and nobody would invest further. So I was stuck in that purgatory, startup purgatory. That yes, you were funded, but nobody wants to do an extra round. Mm-hmm. And again, there were things that you needed to validate. And at that point on, the one thing that you need to validate was number one, a repeatable and scalable business model. Mm-hmm. Anyone who would give you serious seed money, and I was raising $150,000, I remember this. Uh, at that time, that was, that was huge. Here, now that's nothing. That's just a fucking merienda money of Max Vitalino. What the fuck? Right? Nowadays. <laughs> what the hell? No, we're talking what? about you here. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, putting things into perspective. $150,000. <laughs> nothing. That's just poker money of Max Vitalino. Right? Uh, I still have to uh, pay my uh, lovepreneur license fee. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We'll figure that out. So, all right. Um, the second thing too is, you know, you have a pro- you have to have a product that scales. And again, you back then, guestlist.ph was a website. Yeah. And I saw that there's a lot of people that you access the website and it wasn't built for mobile consumption on mobile. So I said, like, all right, maybe I should create an app. And long story short, I we pivoted to rebranding the app, uh, the the oh, website right. to called. I know this. Part- I know this. Yeah. The party uh, file. I was about to say party feel. No, yeah. So that's where the murder <laughs> happens all the time. Ah, sir, sir, are you a party feel? Are you a party feel? Fuck you. Oh, it's not a party feel. You're Mr. Party feel, diba? Yeah, fuck this shit. Remember, so, every time. No, you know the worst one? In Boraca, I remember I, I used to throw after parties. Hey, are you from party filet? I'm like, what the fuck is a party filet? Party filet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, party filet. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that there was a. Yeah, people, drunk people are the worst, by the way. <laughs> FYI, they would do stupid shit just to get in the club. I swear, people would go the lowest of lows just to get a ticket or just to get into a club. So I was able to grow that. But when we were supposed to launch a uh, uh, party file, my CTO back then had, uh, me and they had a, me and them had a falling out. 
And back then, I didn't understand, really. Again, because you're just gung-ho and just making things work. But now I do. Because their business model as a dev shop, you have to make ends meet. And they're a service business. And if they can't allocate resources to you all the time, if they can't pay their own bills. And I didn't understand that back then. But I, also, at that, at, uh, at that point back then, I had to... I had to launch. I had no runway. I had to get something on. And the timing was important because it was supposed to be Burr months. And Burr months was party season. You know that. Exactly. I missed that window though. So long story short, I had to um, find another tech co-founder okay. and build everything from scratch. So I was down three more months. In those three more months, it's back to that hustle again where I had to scratch and claw. You know what I did, Mags, to, to survive in those? Yeah. Um, what? I had to, I had this VIP membership that basically an all access pass to clubs. Right. And I went every weekend to clubs to sell those mm -hmm. VIP membership. If I didn't sell anything, we're dead next week. That's wow. fucking literal hustle for a good wow. six months. Every week, weekend, I would put up a fucking small booth outside fucking Republic, outside whatever sell it and i had to hustle because that's literally our money for next week next week oh if we God. didn't sell anything that week that weekend we're fucked we're dead no sweldo next week nothing no not even sweldo fucking food money zero wow. six months amazing right i remember i even had to go to cebu fucking figure out a way to just sell a little bit more on one night to afford to go to geeks on the beach to be able to meet 500 startups it was the lowest of lows but it's also where I really knew that, okay, this is how you fucking hustle. Exactly. Because when everything else is out the window, it's just you and your ambition. Exactly. It, you know, are you going to fight or are you going to go flight? Exactly. I chose to fight. Because yeah. again, when, my why was too big. I wanted my mom to have a house. Exactly. Right? So when you only have enough money for Skyflakes, that's what <laughs> really pushes you forward. Yeah, and back then I had really bad fucking vice. I was a heavy chain smoker, so that really didn't help. Oh, so I you smoked. spent it on smokes, not sky smokes and food. Yeah, but uh, you know, two two packs a day. Uh, there you go. Well, yeah, it was part of nightlife. That was a big. I didn't I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs, but I smoked like a motherfucking chicken, right? But eventually, uh, I that that also gave me a really bad health scare, and now I'm cold turkey going for years. So, yay! Interesting, but how did you get out of that cycle? Okay. So but from wait, that but, point on to today. Uh, so wait, what before, did you before we go the smoking route real, real quick, let's go to the apex and the death of Party File. Okay. So after that, right, I put up Party File. We were able to raise finally. We, when we launched, perfect timing is there. The perfect timing was, okay, you want to do growth hacking, right? Growth hacking, when you do growth hacking, you want it, it's all about timing because you can't just go. I didn't want to make that same mistake where I was spending money on my own, boosting ad and making Facebook rich and all that with whatever I had. I had to piggyback with a solid partnership and I used Globe to use that as leverage. So okay. there was an event called Unleashed before. That was oh, a big rave. Oh, oh, and I, I, I got into a partnership with Globe that the only way you can get into that club or to that rave was through my app. So from oh. zero to 30,000 downloads in one week. Oh. I was number three app over in the Philippines. The only thing I wasn't able to beat was Tinder and I think Facebook. I beat OLX, Zalora, blah, blah, blah for that week. I was like, Woo! So timing also, the head of 500 startups, who I also pitched prior, who said no to me twice, 
was here in the Philippines during that week. All I needed to show was that ranking. Exactly. Hey, where we are now. And then that's where I got my next funding. There you go. Oh, so then when 500 startups comes in, they didn't get the whole round, but they led it. Everybody else like, okay, I'll jump in, I'll jump in. And Everybody jump. came in. Yes. There you go. And that's the, the trick of good fundraising. You have to have a good lead investor because you, sh- you have a schmuck lead investor. <laughs> Nobody would fucking join that. You know, you have to have the Pied Piper, you know, where exactly. you come in, every, all the fucking rats will just follow him. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, but you know what? Sometimes you, you think you got it right when you're going to get it wrong. And what I did wrong this time is I thought I had a good scalable business model. The numbers were there. You know what I did wrong next? Okay. I scaled my team too fast. Uh, my burn was too high. There we go. There so we another go. mistake of startup founders is that they do. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good now because I hit the, the number three. I can scale my team too, right? Without... The only metric you should fucking scale along with your team is revenue. Exactly. And I didn't have revenue. I only had user growth. It's like putting a, a jet engine in a jeepney. Correct. No, and you can't fly. <laughs> you're either going to crash or you're going to burn. Right? Exactly. So I, uh, that's what I did. And a few months later after, again, that um, we were running out of money and... This is May, literally May 2016, uh, four years ago. There was a big event. And we made a pivot towards ticket selling at that point. And right. we were making a really good amount uh, at that end. And there was this event called uh, Close Up Unleashed. Uh, Close Up Forever Summer. Um, it's always weird talking about this. So the guy that was to lead, we were doing a bridge, a convertible note, uh, just to make us connect. The guy that we were supposed to lead around went there at the event to support us. He was also an angel investor prior. Already. Got the tickets. I still remember this vividly. I was at a booth. Yeah. Every, before, at that point, when you've been doing it for a good eight years already, you don't want to fucking go to the club anymore. It feels like work. So what I do is after I get my shit done, sell everything, I go home. Fuck the party. I'm done. Right? I'm too tired. That's right. He got his tickets. And the day, the, the, the very de- next day, his family was calling me. And I was wondering, what the fuck is this for? So he never made it out. Five people passed away during that night. I remember that. I remember. And uh, he was one of them. So we only had two months of runway left. Dude, after that, the whole nightlife scene changed. Duterte won because of drugs, you know? Um, no to drugs. No to drugs. Yeah, yeah. The day I was everywhere. Nightlife is dead. Till now, they actually never recovered. And now it's a double whammy because there's no clubs, right? Uh, exactly. So in the next months from May all the way to around August, shit, that was like all time low. I had to let go of my team one by one. There's 20 of us. It was down to one. And uh, that's Ivy. Ivy is uh, my oh, intern I, back then. I remember Ivy. Ivy's still Ivy. with us. Uh, she's the head of Amazing. operations and chatbot PH now. Um, so from being a stupid intern, fucking idiot, we just wanted to party. Um, <laughs> now she leads so she's the only one that got left because she was the only one I could afford to pay right. I let go of everybody but let, dude that was super low and you can ask Noreen this like, it's like the biggest pain you'll ever feel is because you know it's your fault hmm. you know it's your fuck up and most sure. majority of it came from you and also knowing that you let so many people down oh crap yeah that, that was gut wrenching and then again 
one thing that I always had with me through this whole process was I'm, I'm always an internal, I'm an eternal optimist. Mm. And for the first time ever, um, I lost my mojo. Mm. So the, not, not even quadruple, quintuple whammy. I'd have a business, the network, you know, you have a bad rep. And the most important, the worst thing is you doubt yourself now. Because as a startup founder, especially first-time entrepreneur, startup founders, you attach yourself so much to your startup that exactly. sometimes it becomes synonymous. Exactly. That, ah, Ron, sir, party pile. Party pile, Ron, sir. Right? Then it's hard to detach that. That's right. Um, yeah, so after that, that's when I started. I started writing the... The blog that, that became popular, you know. 13, I read it. Uh, right, right. I, I was crying the whole time when I was fucking uh, writing that. And again, it's losing every. The, and I will put this in the show notes. Okay, I'll do that. Um, or the, <laughs> the blog that I uh, wrote that basically talked about all the failures that failures. I learned. That's right. And I wrote that because I was still trying to revive Party File. And then Alex Alabiso of Kickstart says, um, Ron, I think this is it. You really need to, uh, you know, pull the plug on this one. So I said, you know, they, they, never, they, never, they always say, right, in a startup, you never quit. And I've That's always right. wanted to, like, yeah, I won't quit. But I said, you know, there's, I ran out of moves. I checkmate already. Right. Um, so he said, maybe you should just write it down. Pour your heart out. Write it down. Don't share it. But I said, I'll put it on medium, fine. But I'm sure some random schmuck did it. And apparently that random schmuck is Christian Blanquera and then shared it on slack of all these tech people and it became viral right and uh that's something you don't want to share exactly and but i was probably brave enough to just put it out there if someone finds it fine but it's not like i i uh, i want to be famous for that nobody wants to be famous for failing but the byproduct though is that it's liberating to talk and come clean that hey i fucked up that's right right because now you don't have that monkey off your back you can actually start from scratch again actually i think after that people saw you as a stronger role model for entrepreneurs. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, imagine uh, people always like praise uh, all of these entrepreneurs they see, but they don't see what's happening behind, behind mm-hmm. the curtains. I mean, at that point, really, Max, I wasn't really trying to be a role model and whatnot. And again, nobody wants to be in that list ever, right? But if that was a byproduct, then great, right? And again, I wrote that for myself not to put that to anyone. It's, a, it's just a bonus that now I'm able to write that playbook of what not to fucking do. And again, that's what we also talk about here in Hustle Share now. What, what are the things you shouldn't fucking do as a startup founder or a, or a person that wants to be in a startup? Because that, that's what I fucking did. Or don't make the same mistake, right? Don't be an that's idiot. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's what we do in my show, by the way. Oh, hustle lovepreneurs. Share. Oh, hustle. Oh, hustle. It's my show now, man. <laughs> I'm taking this shit back. Okay. <laughs> it's my day on your hey, birthday. your day then. Thank you, bro. Thank you. So after that, uh, yeah, you know what I did? Um, and Noreen really was uh, instrumental and her, her, her family, you know, her sisters really opened the door for me about freelancing. And I was not sure about it before. Oh, freelancing, am I really going to be able to do that? Meg really gave it a try. And then after that, I had nothing but respect now. Because I was skeptical. I wasn't trying to put shit on it. It's just that, is this really viable? Blah, blah, blah. Just, I'm so used to hustling in my own way of before I had to go out, I had to sell this on the ground. That was my hustle. 
So of course, you're trying to do this whole paradigm shift and you're trying to find yourself, what can you do, right? Luckily, I had two things that I still had an ace up my sleeve. When yeah. Twenty Five was dying, chatbots were announced by Mark Zuckerberg. Right. 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 I actually tried to use it again to revive Party File, but again, I ran out of moves. Right. And then oh, the second one was again, I, I I could always use that experience to do freelancing. And when I did freelancing, my whole pitch was it's the same blog that I like, that I posted. I'll teach you how not to fuck up like me. And I was lucky to have clients that respected that because it was powerful uh-huh. like hey this is my playbook this is my story i'm gonna teach you how not to fuck up like and shout out to dennis and panera i've had him in the show too um give him a chance so i was making enough to make him sweet now yeah. i wasn't doing what i was doing in party file i wasn't reliant on my startup to thrive so after party file i put up chatbot ph with the sole purpose of one thing how not to fuck up like me because in an app business you have to go through five steps before you deliver value Find your app in the App Store, download, install, sign up, and that's the only time you can actually use uh, app. In a chatbot, all you need to pr- do is press get started, and then you're in. Long story short, chatbot PH, uh, I was able to get that done, and with the help of my two co-founders, Stephen Koo and JC Velasquez, our setup was, okay, you guys fund, fund the, the business. We'll bootstrap this. I won't take any salary. I'll run it for us. Um, just so that we can afford to have it, to have a team, right? Uh, whole dev team. I'll run it full time. I have side hustle just to make ends meet for me. Fine, don't worry about me. I'll, I'll get this stuff. But I'll grow this. So from being able to hire Ivy to hire a dev, all these other devs turn that it through as we get got more clients. And then twelve months after, I was raising again, right? right. And then I met the Sterling Paper Group. I was raising. They're very impressive, our clientele. Instead of getting an act, uh, uh, raising, I mean, they actually gave me a choice. Do you want a minority stake or do you want an acquisition? Right. And then I always I ask myself, what was my why again? And then maybe that was an opportunity already, right? It wasn't the big million dollar exit that you see in there, but my why, this is my only chance to actually achieve that why, to buy that house. To actually have a safety net. And for me, I knew now how it felt like to lose everything. I wanted to find out for the first time how it felt like to win. Because at the end of the day, you know, you want to, it's, and they always say this in success, right? In life, right? You technically are successful when you have more wins than your losses. And this was an indelible win. Nobody can ever take this away from me. And they even had a fucking label for it, a finisher. You've now been able to exit. Yeah, let's take this. It's a sure hit. It's a sure win. Well, God knows what will happen in the chatbot space after that. And I'm still running it till now. So the deal was pretty sweet. I still get to run it like I'm able to. Um, and I still, uh, and I get a, get a good cash out, though I'm a minority partner. But in a B2B business also, where in a B2B, FYI, whoever's doing B2B, people don't pay on time. So I need someone to be able to top up and carry our accounts receivable money. Thank you to Akedin for... for <laughs> um, if nobody pays on time, fucking shit. And according to Akedin, 92% never pay on time. Oh, see, I still remember that fucking uh, metric, right? Um, again, that's it. Uh, I needed that win and I needed to be able to provide value to whoever's going to uh, buy us. And it was a perfect fit, right? I mean, it wasn't pretty. After all, because again, oh, after the acquisition, I still remember the day when I told Noreen and my mom, yeah, mom, we can now buy that house. Galeg. 
God yeah. damn. So there. And then right after I bought that house, of course, I won't I won't lie. I I, I again I thrive in all the attention. I loved it. So you know, everywhere you go, you get that attention, you know how to use that hype and more create more opportunities out of that. But through that process very early on, there was a there's a switch that flipped. And there's two things that are on top of my mind. Okay. You can use this as a cliffhanger for the next episode for the next break. There were two things that was left in my mind. The first one was, what the fuck now? Now what? Right? And the second one was Georgie asked me to do something. So how do I pay it forward? There you go. So that was the whole question all this time. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So how did you pay it forward? I don't know, but let's take a break because we have to pay a union bank and everybody else. <laughs> okay, it's time to make some money. So let's take a break, everyone. We need to make right. money. Okay, thank you. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. 
Hey hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023 and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor Dragon Pay is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And now we're back in Magellan's Hustle Share. Cool. Um, so now, uh, Ron, mm-hmm. we talked about the two things, right? Right. What to do now, what, uh, referring to what you said, right. and how to pay it forward. Right, what, right. What so happened next? The good 12 months uh, that I was running Chatbot PH after the acquisition, that was stuck in my head. So what now? I, I pretty much answered it to... Till now, and I'm still on that very same mission. I don't ever want to be known as the guy that sold the sinking ship. Mm. So it was my responsibility to make Chatbot a, a, a good investment for the starting people to have an ROI, right. to, have add, to add value into this. Because they're a traditional business. Their whole portfolio was in rice, agriculture, uh, paper. This was their first venture. And I don't ever that want them to feel that they got burned. That's so right. I wanted to make sure that this becomes a profitable company. Mm-hmm. And I had, to do, I had to do a lot of growing up. Now, before, in a startup way of running things, you get away with a lot of rookie mistakes. Mm-hmm. In a conglomerate, you have to grow up. You have to go through approvals. You have to go through governance, process, governance, yeah. every single details, you know. And through that process, it was not pretty. Because I was so used to doing things one way mm-hmm. and I had to now adjust. And then miscommunication also happens because, again, expectations were different. But eventually, when the dust settled, it became more smooth sailing. And we wanted, I, I was able to grow the team to a more st- stable um, company. And also, the other thing that, that I really wanted to define was I wanted to make Chatbot a level five company. So, what is a level five company? In this, uh, book by Jim Collins called Good to Great. A level four company and a level five company. A level four company usually thrives when it's very founder driven. Mm -hmm. That, you know, a lot of companies that, yeah, like, you know, Apple, right? People thought it was a level five company, but when Steve Jobs died, the whole dynamic changed. Exactly. The whole polar opposite is Microsoft. That even if you took Bill Gates out, they still thrived after. That's right. You know, with Steve Ballmer after and now with Satya Nadella. They still reach new heights. 
Correct, because the business was stronger. It was more than the founder. I, I, I wanted to make chatbot that, right? But also, um, again, paying it forward. Now the, so I knew, I defined that. I was going to do chatbot, making sure that that was the mission. Um, and then I had more resources, which was weird, by the way. <laughs> Never had this much resources ever, right? That's but right. I said, how do I pay it forward, right? Do I thrive in the fuck? Do I stroke my ego and ego dick riding shit all the time? Like, hey, I'm a finisher, 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 and make it about me? Or do I really do the essence of paying it forward by giving it to people that need that advice of what I had to go through and also find out what other people had to go through? You can do that in a talk, but you'll probably cover 50, 100 people max. And out of that 100, you'd be lucky if someone remembered something after you know, um, what you listen to and like in a month. Of course, people will forget, right? They'll remember that you were in that conference. They'll mm-hmm. probably forget what the fuck you said, right? right. And then I remember like, shit, I want, I've always wanted to be on radio and I thought I was good enough in English to, to talk about what, 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 I, what I liked and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, for the first time ever, like, all right, maybe this is a chance. So I enjoyed, en- enrolled in this voice acting class uh, to learn how to be a radio DJ. So I can yeah. talk about entrepreneurship and startup life. Yeah. I joined. Uh, long story short, nobody. I auditioned. Nobody fucking got me. <laughs> so Noreen, the biggest influence in my life, by the way, said, Dom, why don't you just create a podcast? Like, I don't know. What's a podcast? I don't want to do that. Fuck that. I want to be on radio. And then after much thought, like, yeah, you're right. I can talk about what I want to talk about, no holds barred, in a time where it's convenient to me where I, it will not eat up what I do in chatbot. There, that's right. That's right. right. And long story short, I bought a mic, uh, applied <laughs> what I learned from that voice acting class and, and also what I learned online. Podcasting, there's very few back then that was around. And then after that, I interviewed you. I remember, I remember that for a good year, right? I remember that day. Yeah. <laughs> you were you in my office. had one mic. Holy shit. <laughs> You had one mic, and luckily, I just bought this mic. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was fucked up. That was episode one. So if you want to listen to that, it still exists. Just go all the way back. Episode one. This is now episode 85. Plus, there's a fucking 20-plus uh, bonus episodes. We're all obviously over 100 now, but the true real episodes is 85. So after that, that's when I real now, now realize the format of how I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to create a podcast. That mm-hmm. talks about the hard shit, mm-hmm. the stuff that nobody talks about. Because again, in a, in, in a startup founder to founder talk, especially when you're in a startup event, everybody's doing great. Like, hey, bro, how are you doing? Yeah, we're okay. We're done. I'm we're amazing. Doing- yeah, you know, I'm great. Yeah, yeah. My, it's, a, it's a pissing contest. Like, here, here my, my dick's bigger than your dick. Yeah, we so, just had a partnership with X company. You know, so it's like, and I can read between the lines because I've now lived both. The failure and the success. So I have a good, uh, you know, uh, comparisons. Like, all right, you're bullshitting. What is it really? But I needed a safe space to do that. Of course, you're not going to do that in a fucking conference. And I thought the podcast would would be that. And then, you know, I never knew that this would carry on. I knew that I was passionate about this because I, for me, it was therapy. You know, I didn't have the time to read books as much as you do. I, I, I don't learn that way. Mm-hmm. But this is the equivalent of learning from books because I now have great conversations and it's documented exactly. and anybody in the world can access it. Amazing. So, 
Amazing. Yeah. And then a year and a half after, uh, you know, I also wanted to put the whole startup PH on the map. And then recently, Tech in Asia uh, acknowledged Hustle Share as one of the top podcasts, uh, top 15 best podcasts to listen to about entrepreneurships in, in Asia. So, holy Amazing. shit. Wow. So that's what it uh, is. This is the point where uh, we get a virtual clap, right? Oh, yeah. Ryan. Oh, we'll get that in. We'll get that in. So SFX. Woo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that was it. So now Startup PH is in the map. Because again, in terms of the region, nobody really talks about us. I mean, we're mm-hmm. always the hermit. And the, you know, the, you, you, you said this on the show. There's a Philippine discount. There you go. That you can be doing the same shit and have more traction with a comparable startup in Vietnam, in Thailand, whatever. But since you're a Filipino startup, your valuation is two to three X more. There you go. You know, so there fuck that shit, right? Uh, we, we need to break that stigma, right? We need to be able to show that, hey, there's some action going here. There's some successes going here. And yeah, people fuck up. And guess what? They're learning from it now. Exactly. Because someone's documenting it. Yo. People actually learn from it now, right? So that's it. And then through this process, Max, I'll just uh, continue on. I saw also that, hey, maybe I can pay it forward further. Because there's a lot more podcasters also that, that exist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I saw, I was like, all right, who else is doing this in this fucking industry? And I was lucky that Hustle Share got monetized early because I knew how to hustle again. I know how to sell shit, right? And I said, all right, who else is doing this? And I found that out of the, fifth, uh, um, the top 200 podcasts in the, that are consumed in the Philippines, only 15 to 20% are Filipino-made. Like, mm. how come? There's, not, there's so much consumption. What we're listening to for, again, not hating, but I think there can be more Filipino content that's quality. And right. then I saw three problems. First one, the production value varied. So some sounded like they're in the bathroom. Some sounded like they're in the fucking sala and I hear, I hear dogs and chickens and whatnot, right? And second, they didn't know how to monetize. Right. That was the only podcast, aside from Mo Twister, of course, he's the OG daddy of them all, that was actually monetizing. And I wasn't near to where his numbers were, mm. right? I was fringe 200, right? But I was making good money, enough to actually make it worth my time, right? Because I didn't ever want to come to a point where I had to let go of this because it's the thing that doesn't make money. Because the first thing that goes out of the window is the one that doesn't make money, right? Exactly. Third also is analytics. Like, how the fuck do I get all these things uh, because it's so fragmented. It's not like Google Analytics or YouTube where you see everything there. Here, there's so many platforms. You have to go through everything and whatnot. And, you know, the hosts are not enough. So I said maybe, and also what triggered it was Spotify bought a podcast network in the States called Gimlet Media for $100 million. And what they do is they exactly. create podcasts yeah. at scale. But I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be a podcast studio. I want to be a studio or I wanted to create an uh, entity that helps existing podcasters or people that are passionate about it to create one. And hence, after that, um, Podcast Network Asia was born. And nine months in, uh, we started September officially. Uh, again, through the hustle, what, we joined the final page. We were able to get seed funding. All of this was previous learnings I had from PartyPal, from Chatbot. Right. That I was, I, it's, it's a rehash play, to be honest. <laughs> that I, did, I knew that, okay, if I do this, I just what I'm going to get. And I knew how to get it. And yeah, uh, that's what I do now. I do PA, help. Uh, we now have 35 shows, 3.5 million listeners combined across the network. Wow. Monetized with heavy ass fucking sponsors across the board. And uh, we have more good shit coming up. 
So yeah, and you're part of it, Lovepreneurs number one. That's right. That's your right. Your own podcast because you now own Hustle Share podcast. Yeah, well, I own Hustle Share now, so uh, <laughs> Lovepreneurs. There's a buy. <laughs> sorry, Marcus. I got. I got <laughs> sorry. Okay. Well, yeah, that's basically uh, my story. Uh, God damn. Yeah. What Go a roller coaster ride. Yep. God damn. Well, uh, I'm happy mm-hmm. that uh, one of your biggest wise is your mom. Mm-hmm. Because that's also me. Eh? Uh, I love my mom so much. And uh, a lot of the inspiration to work hard is because there was a time when she had to sell tilapia to my classmates so that we could pay my tuition. Mm-hmm. So I feel you, bro. I mm-hmm. admire your mom. You. I also admire your hustle. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Super duper admire. Thank like, you. For most people, they may have like uh, already gave up in some of those mm-hmm. moments, but you never did. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. So now, uh, we're talking about paying it forward, right? right? And uh, a lot of entrepreneurs today just went through uh, quite a horrific period during mm-hmm. uh, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Ronster, Okay. What is your advice? We're about to enter GCQ. Okay. We're about to open the markets again. Mm. And obviously, opportunities are going to open up again to everyone. Mm. What is your post-pandemic advice to all the hustlers out there? Okay. First of all, your people are, are everything. So don't risk it. Mm. Okay. Um, your biggest asset are your people. Very so don't risk it. Now, depending on your business model, um, if you're a tech startup, don't fucking go to the office yet. Right, you are in. You are blessed to have the luxury of being able to execute at home. Yeah. Find ways to hustle and make money mm-hmm. while you're online. Everybody's online too. Now, if you're not blessed with that ability, put your people's um, uh, health at a premium. Right. If you need to go create uh, scenarios where they don't have to work and you can make money somewhere else, do that. Because whatever the plans were at the start of the year. In terms of growth, blah, blah, blah. That's out of the window now. The only metric you should be looking at is that if you make it till December and be able to pay 13th month, you've made it. All right. That's it. That's the only thing. We we still have half a year to fucking hustle, bro. So you you need to be able to do that. So the other advice is to find new business models. And again, there's so many. No, I've never seen this much acceleration in terms of traditional businesses who are now forcibly going to digital. That's right. There's a lot of opportunities. Um, the, the first thing that you want to have to do is don't be a fucking spectator. Network the fuck out of this shit because everybody's willing and keen to network too. But exactly. make sure that when you do, and I, I'll always shout out to Ace Gapos, it's big, big learning from her. Mm-hmm. Um, don't take first, try to give. And her mm-hmm. ratio is give two and take one. Try to do favors for people. Right, you don't have to because eventually you're gonna that's gonna come back to you. Ask people what they need, what you need help with, with what you can provide, and then eventually that's gonna be able to do. Whether it's an intro, it's a warm whatever, you know, a good recommendation, opening up a door, creating a lead, giving a lead, that's gonna come back because at the end of the day, people will remember also how you were for them during the toughest of times. And when you need that, you just have to hope that down the road, when you are the one in need. You have all these people that you've touched that have, that have helped that can also reciprocate for you that way. Exactly. 
Brilliant. Brilliant advice by our uh, guest today, <laughs> Ron Baityong. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I guess I, on that high note, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to uh, our 85th episode mm-hmm. uh, of Fossil Share. We'll see you to we'll see you in our next episodes because there's gonna be a lot more. Uh, this is a show of learning. This is a show hosted by a very handsome guy named Magellan. Uh, for it's now, your last day. Okay, you're fired <laughs> after this. <laughs> God damn. Uh, uh, oh, but uh, let's pay it forward, everyone. There's a lot of opportunities out there, and uh, let's keep hustling. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace out. There you go. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs>